you, thank you. Hey, hey, you sit down. Sit down. Hey, don't make me target uppercut. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Thanks. Yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Words with Ali. I'm your host, Ali Seavright. And this week's episode, I'm going to say some words on technology. More specifically, the evolution of gaming. Now, gaming is probably the biggest part of my life other than music. And um, it has dominated every era that I have lived through. I just, I touched upon the end of the era of the Atari. I, I think I played a 2600 at um, someone's house when I was probably like three years old. I think the game I was playing was Pong. It was, uh, it was pretty good. And uh, next came the Super Nintendo. Now, when we, when we got the Super Nintendo, I believe we got it for Christmas one year. That, that was when I truly became a gamer. Because I'd spend hours upon hours trying to beat levels in Super Mario World. And trying to beat my, my siblings in Mario Kart. And like, it was fucking fun as fuck. But it was so simple at the same time. Because there wasn't like a whole bunch of 3D graphics and shit to rely upon. And, you know, it was just simple and to the point. And it captured us in such a way that we were just hooked. And, like, from there, I remember going over to my cousin's house. Big ups, A.A. Ron. Uh, we'd play uh, Street Fighter and Double Dragon on his uh, Sega Genesis in the basement. Oh, and Sonic. Oh, fuck. How, how, did I forget, how did I not say Sonic first? But, um, yeah, that was fighting games. That was something else, too. Like, the Hadouken. <laughs> sure you can. And, like, just, you know, just trying to do moves. And uh, I will say this, Aaron, you're a little bit cheap. You know, you're doing the Hadouken a little bit too much. You're spamming it. I'm just saying. Like, that, you, you win, you win. You win a lot, but, like, you're kind of spamming a little bit. I'm just saying. Like, you need to run that back. You need to run that back. Just saying. Like, I could beat you. I'm just saying. And uh, what was I saying? Yeah, with these with these consoles specifically, you get a more dynamic 2D experience because there's more sprites, there's more bits, there's more there's just more stuff happening. And like that was from going from the Pong and whatnot from the Atari moving up. And as you're graduating through the system, the consoles over the years, the the what's the word? The complexity in which they add to these games. Like, it gets crazy. Because then you get, like, the N64 dabbling into 3D and then Dreamcast, PS1. Oh, man. I remember playing Crash Bandicoot at my cousin's house, man. That was that was some fun shit. And then, um, yeah, Dream Power. If y'all haven't heard about Power Stone, go Google it. Find it. Get an emulator. Play it on your computer. Just Just play Power Stone. That was like, that was the Smash Brothers equivalent on a, I guess, the Sega Dreamcast. But like, I feel like it was better. It was, it was just better in a way, cause you get like a, you get the, you get the Power Stone and you get the Super and you turn Super and whatnot and you can do like a, a thingamajig. And um, yeah, and then uh, we get to the Xbox. 
PS2 era. Now, I believe, I don't know if Xbox had the first, um, like, fully realized, like, FPS game with Halo. But Halo was, I'd say, the pinnacle at that time of FPS. Because he had an Unreal um, tournament that was, you know, and Doom and those. But, like, Halo was, like, the prestige FPS game because it had such a different feeling. Because, like, we played, yeah, you had GoldenEye, which was, like, premium. And, like, don't even get me started on the GoldenEye pause music. We knew it was a bop back then. And then y'all bring it back today. Let me just move on from there. But like Halo. Halo captured the imagination. So well. And put it like in a format that we can just physically experience. It was such. Because I remember the first time I actually played it. Wasn't even on an Xbox. It was on uh, a PC. Uh, Big ups my cousin Omar for showing me this. Also, for showing me, like, PC gaming in general. Because I remember years ago, I was probably, like, eight years old, and he showed me this RTS game. I think it was, like, Command & Conquer or Warzone. One of those two. And, like, I just remember just being hooked. I just remember playing it for hours. Like, hours. Because, like, you just build up buildings to build up resources which you use to build other buildings to build troops. You use the troops to take over different areas and just kill your enemies. It was it was the pinnacle. I'm saying pinnacle too much, but it was the pinnacle of strategic gaming. And like I didn't even know about strategic gaming cuz I was playing Mario Kart from from then on. I'm like, "Okay, the only strategy is like, okay, you get a red shell, you save it." But like, damn. It blew my mind. And yeah, so like Halo playing Halo for for the first time First of all, I never played, like, FPS before that. I mean, briefly, Unreal Tournament, but, like, yeah, I was dog shit at that. But, like, this was, like, a... Had a very open-world feel to it. Like, you can explore. And, like, you got these guns, and, like, you get these weird, like, a plasma pistol, a needler, and, like... Man, when I played it for the first time, I was hooked. I was hooked. I don't know what happened, but, like, something clicked in me. It's like, yeah, this is my game. This is this is my game. And like it'd be like a couple years later when my, my pops would get us an Xbox for Christmas. And I believe my my aunt bought me Halo for my birthday. And she said, Oh, this is one of those the new games out and yeah, I, th I think you might like it. And like like straight up. The best fucking birthday gift I ever got. Cause I played yo, I played the shit out of Halo. I remember me and my bro, we play Legendary and like we try to do the missions, you know, and we always get killed and shit. And then like that one mission, Truth and Reconciliation. Get them snipers, night vision, he's sniping them. And when he get on that ship, we felt so good. We was like, yo, we saved all these Marines, all these, all our homies coming with us. It's like, yo, yo, we'll carry y'all to the end goal, yo. Just follow the Spartans, dog. Just follow the Spartans. Next thing I know, Golden Elite just whopped everybody. Squinks, squats, squinks, squinks, squeets, squeets, squeets. They're just, they all just got done up. Everybody got done up, man. And they had the Invisible Elites on top of that one. It was too much. We lost everybody.
Everybody dead. Everybody going down. That was heart-wrenching. And that was my first experience of, like, gaming rage. And, like, it was true rage because I was like, man, that motherfucker took all of our homies, yo. We saved them, and he just took them without even thinking about their families. Bobby, little Bobby had two kids. What are they, they, they going to do for Christmas? Huh? What are they going to do for Christmas? Bobby gone. And don't even get me started on Martin. Shit. Actually, I didn't really like Martin that much. Anyway, um... <laughs> yeah, Halo... Halo was the game that opened the floodgates for just, like, super intense immersion. Because I felt like I was the Spartan. I... This is me. I'm on this planet. I'm on this ring. I'm going out shooting these aliens. I'm trying to save my homies. And, you know, just, just do the mission. And then next came Star Wars... Knights of the Old Republic. Now that game on Xbox was a fucking... It was... First off, the graphics on it were beautiful. At that time, like, I hadn't seen shit like that before. Like, except for, like, when they're doing cutscenes. And, like, the cutscenes look good. I'm like, damn. It's like I was playing a movie. That was the experience. I was playing a character. I'm the main character of this movie. And, like, I'm experiencing it. And I'm making choices. Real real choices that have consequences. That was the thing. I didn't... I had never played a game like that before. Where you can choose how you want to go. And, like, depending on what you choose, you get a different end. Like, to me, that blew my mind. Until this day, I'll, I'll tote that Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic storyline is better than any of the Star Wars movies that are out. Uh... LucasArts, get on it. Start making the movie already. I don't know why y'all lacking on it. Like, you already know. Like, there's move. There's like 10 movies already. Just, I could think of off the bat. Just, just do it already. Just do it. You got a whole series there, yo. Anyway, uh, from Star Wars, I got the immersion of that. And then moving into Shenmue. Now, some of y'all might not know about Shenmue. Some of you do. But uh, specifically talking about Shenmue 2, that was where I, I found my love of um, just like Asian culture. Even though it was like severely outdated because the story set in like 1987. But like still, like I, it made me interested in martial arts. Like I, yo, the moves I tried to copy and me and my bro were just trying to practice these fucking moves. Like we're trying to do like a vortex kick and fucking like back throws and shit and all this other shit just from the game and like man it was it was a it was a masterpiece do you know the four voodoo i'm looking for a master lee shao tao like the monotone just like like i didn't even care it's just like man it's just such a great game man and like over time like games have improved so much from like it wasn't even yeah it wasn't even 10 years wasn't even 10 years you go from Super Mario to Shenmue. Like, the, sh the shit that happened in between was magical. And the, and the speed that it's developing at is crazy. Because even now we got, what, VR? and f Oh, man. 
Like, like I, I will say, kids, they, they have it better in terms of gaming, but like at the same time, I think they don't because, in the past, we relied a little bit more on our imagination while gaming, and that kind of helped with the immersion and also the love, the love and appreciation for these games too, man. Because like, man, what they could do with what they had back then was just, it was just amazing. And not to fault the gaming industry now, but like, you know, they're 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 releasing unfinished games for the most part, and then they're making up for it. it's like, oh, get the DLC and these uh, starter packs and all these things to add to the games. Like, just you know, just release it when it's done. I know it's gonna cost you guys more money, but like in the end, just release a finished product, and uh, let the let the consumers decide whether or not they want to pour money into it after. Because I the, the whole industry is just it's just it's just wonky, man. And um yeah, just seeing where it's going, like soon people are just gonna be up uploading their consciousness to like a virtual fucking cafe thing and experience life like that and their body just slowly like they probably hook it up with like some nutrient uh intravenous uh thingamajig i don't i don't even know what the fuck i'm saying right now i'm just saying shit like i just know it's gonna it's just gonna go but it's just gonna go there it's just it, that's where it's heading it's gonna head to people like the like the anime shit where the people get stuck in a game and their body's dead but their mind is alive inside this virtual reality i'm hoping it doesn't end up like that but like it's kind of going there but um that's a tangent that I'll touch upon at a different time. But um mostly like do you, do y'all remember arcades? I do. I remember going to an arcade my my pops, I remember he he took me out of school one time. And uh he said, "Hey, don't tell your mom I'm doing it." <laughs> and like I just hear like jingling in his pocket. And I was like, "Why what do he sound like you have like a million quarters?" I was like, "I'm going to take you somewhere. Don't worry about it." I'm like, he took, I don't even know where this was anymore because it was like that long ago. And I remember going to like this, like, it looked like a, like a, like a comic book store. And then you walk down into the basement and like this whole arcade just wafting with the smell of sweat and rage and just teen angst. And like, I just remember it's just so dark and. Just and like you hear the beeping and booping of different games, and I was just like awestruck. I was like, "What is this place, Father? My son, this is the arcade where men are born and boys leave penniless." I was like, "Oh my! Please, Father, show me the way." And like I remember, we would play. His favorite game was Time Crisis, cause like he was uh he was in the military for a bit, so he liked shooting guns and shit, and like he was a crack shot. I swear, like he, <laughs> I would not want to see him pissed off with a gun in his hand, cause like he he would he did not miss, he did not miss one target. It's like boom 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 boom. I was like okay, uh miss miss miss. I'm out of ammo, and he's like yo you gotta play better man. You gotta play better. You gotta keep up. I'm like, man, you you're doing some next shit on this. He's like shooting behind his back. He did like a 360. He did a 360 no scope and shit. I'm like, he's doing no scopes before no scopes or a no scope. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just built different. 
And I remember the experience. I met one of my best friends in the world. He was he was just going off on uh, Mortal Kombat. And I remember walking over. I'm like, hey, you, you want to verse me? And like this little Asian kid's looking at me. He's like, yeah, sure. And like uh, I chose my favorite. It was Mortal Kombat 3, by the way. I chose my favorite character, Sub-Zero. Because um, you know, my favorite color is blue. And I'm just like, I like freezing people and uppercutting them and shit. And uh, he chose Reptile. Now, a lot of you don't know, Reptile was fucking broken. Because um, there's no lag on the slide, and he did, like, this acid spit, which is pretty much unblockable. And um, he took advantage of this, and, you know, he'd do the acid spit, I'd jump. And then, as soon as, before I could even block and hit the ground, he'd do the slide and slide and hit me. And he did this and won, I think, about 15 times in a row. 15. Now, I, I got mad. I started pushing him. And he's getting mad at me. He's like, why are you pushing me? And I'm like, yo, man, you're being cheap. And he's like, no, I'm just playing the game. Which is true. He was playing the game. But he's playing the game in a way that was fucking cheap. And I tell you, just hearing flawless victory after flawless victory over and over again. It was really getting under my skin. And it got bad. Like, to the point where, like, he, when he said it out loud, he's like, flawless victory. I fucking punched him as hard as I could. <laughs> I punched him with all my fucking might in that arcade. And then he, he started crying. <laughs> and then uh, I ended up having to apologize to him and uh, his uncle who had brought him there. And uh, found out that we didn't live too far from each other. And then, you know, later on, we just, you know, started hanging out. And, uh, yeah, we became friends. And that's the magic about gaming. Gaming brings people together. Whether through rage or happiness, it brings us together as a people. So, yeah, get get you some games in your life. Um, maybe you may make a new friend, you know. Um, and then, like, n now, talking from consoles, you got the, the cabinets that... uh arcade cabinets that you don't really see anymore now we got mobile gaming now mobile gaming is a fucking beast right now it is dumb you can play call of duty on your phone you can play like big title games on your fucking phone right now like full on like the graphics are a little bit less obviously because you're on the phone it doesn't have the same capacity as like a console or computer but it is fucking nice and honestly that's i i believe the future of gaming because who do you know that doesn't have a phone these days you know most everybody has a phone and most phones have the capacity to play some sort of mobile game because there's like such a, a variety of games that you can play on your phone just such a variety like, idle games, you have adventure games, puzzles, like, bruh, like, it, it's it's the future. And I'm here to see where it goes. Hopefully it goes in a good direction. Uh, obviously, they're going to be making more powerful phones. And with that, they're going to have more capabilities. And soon, people aren't even going to have consoles anymore. They're just going to have their phone, connect their phone to their TV, and then have a controller. And then that's it. Uh, I think the way of the console might be uh, slowly phasing out in the future. And uh, 
you know, for someone that has experienced console gaming for the majority of my life, it might be sad to see it, but, um, you know, it's nice to see that evolution is still happening. Because what has happened in the last 25 years is bonkers. Like, from Pong all the way up to, like, virtual reality. Like, that's fucking bonkers. So, I'd like to see what the next 25 years looks like for gaming. And, uh, hopefully, uh, take you guys on a journey with that, too. And, uh, before I go... I'd like, uh, you know, if, you, if you're not a big gamer, if you're not into gaming, you know, try it out. Like, it's very accessible nowadays. If you got a phone, you can game. And um, you might make some new connections. You know, make some new friends. And that's uh, very critical during these times. And, uh, yeah. It's all game. Let's get it. Peace. Thank you.